Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today's episode is really going to be looking at optimization, brain optimization, looking at science, looking at aging, looking at optimizing health through good science, but also through good research too. And really today's guest, I mean, holy smokes, I've known him a long time, is somebody that is very inquisitive and is somebody that really follows the science. So very, very excited to learn from and with Dr. Yan Venter today. Yan is a medical doctor who has many different hats that he wears, but you know, one kind of element of his work that's really exciting is his focus on healthy aging and on disease and on nutrition, on behavior, on assessment, and really finding a way to make something that is quite complex for the layman, really accessible and something that can be implemented into one's life. So Yan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mark. And thank you for the listeners tuning in. Yeah, that's great. So for the listener that's out there, a lot of these folks, as you know, you know, some of a lot of our work where we've crossed paths is in kind of the, the brain injury side or the brain health side, of course. And when you look at the world of brain health, maybe you could introduce our listeners. These would be some of them physicians, some of them occupational medicine professionals, allied health, and others might be, you know, people that are maybe a little bit worried about their brain and their brain health. What's kind of your overarching main message out there as somebody who works in this space? The one thing I always tell my patients and clients is you only have one brain, so you have to save it. There's nobody else who's going to do it for you. We can transplant, replace, regenerate about 65, it might be 67% of organs now in the body including hearts, kidneys, livers, you name it, even faces. But nobody's been able to successfully replace a brain and and have that person alive. There's been some interesting research, I believe, with hamsters, but they only survived the day. And I guess who's going to be the unlucky soul have to replace their brain? So not quite there yet. So I always tell people healthy aging is pretty basic things. Listen to what your grandmother said. Eat the food that your grandmother would have eaten, not mm-hmm. your current grandmother, I guess, previous century. A lot of the processed stuff right now is, is not good for your brain. So just ask yourself. So a lot of lifestyle things, as you said, behavior, wear your safety belt in the car, mm. wear a helmet. I see uh, Vancouver and Greater Vancouver is very green and a lot of people cycling. And I love cycling as well, but I must say, oh my goodness, is it dangerous sometimes? So wear your helmet, oh, yeah. even yeah. though you're... Uh, it's not always convenient and messes up the hair, but hey, it's easier to, to shave the hair or something. So yeah, so the first thing is protect your brain and learn to assess it. So just like you learn how to do your blood pressure, know your numbers. Mm-hmm. You can measure, you can manage. If you know your numbers are high for blood pressure, do something. You don't need to take medication necessarily. Maybe mm-hmm. lose some weight. Get some exercise, maybe cut out some salt, or, or at least follow your, your numbers. And nowadays, there are lots of home devices you can have to do it. Same as your glucose, you should know your cholesterol numbers, but you should know your brain numbers too. Now, 
up to very recently, there was no easy way to really measure it. So I've been really tinkering and looking for ways to measure brain speed, brain processing speed, just to see, okay, well, is, is my brain fog that I'm having after a poor night's sleep, is that normal? Mm-hmm. Or, is it, or is it abnormal? You're great. That's awesome. So really, I mean, be aware, right? And acknowledge that we, you know, the brain is really the most powerful organ in the body and that it controls everything. However, unlike some of the other organs in the body, we can't replace this. We've only got one. So, and there's things that can be done. So again, maybe for the listeners here, why don't you tell them a little bit about what you do? Because it's easy to say that this is something I really like about you is that a lot of people would say that, but what do you do about it? Because that's not easy what you're doing. It's very hard what you're doing. But why don't you tell people a little bit about what you're doing and what inspires you in this work of it? So I started with family medicine and I've been specializing in the brain specifically towards functional neurology, functional neuroscience, a lot of work with concussion. I worked with Dr. Dale Bredesen with preventing, reversing Alzheimer's. So been looking at assessment tools. So the couple of assessment tools I use, pretty cutting edge and really should be used by more practitioners around the world. One is the NeuroCatch that you and I worked on yeah. research to prove that your program works, worked on a volumetric MRI assessment. So it's an MRI, so non-radiation device, half an hour scan and can divide your brain in 50 regions, which mm-hmm. then gets compared to other people other genders the same age as you. You can see, okay, is my brain doing great or is it not doing so well? So that we can pick up aging or prompts 20 to 30 years before they start. And I do EEG work, assessment, as well as neurofeedback. We do very, very deep blood lab assessment, including saliva, even checking the microbiome. You've probably had lots of speakers about the microbiome and the importance of the gut microbiome, but Interesting enough for the brain, the microbiome that's the closest is sinuses in the mouth. So we do do that analysis. And crazy enough, if that's inflamed, it can cause brain inflammation. So that's been linked with things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Work done at UBC has clearly linked the gut microbiome and Parkinson's as well, especially with early on stage. So other assessments we do, of course, in order to have a healthy brain, you have to have a healthy pump and healthy circulations, you have to have a healthy heart and healthy blood vessels. So we look at the blood vessels, look at the heart, do exercise testing. We do blood vessel analysis with what we call endothelial function. We measure if the blood vessels are stiff or not. We also have in-house ultrasound to look at the arteries in real time, see if there's any plaque buildup or even before plaque buildup, the artery gets stiff and thickens. We can see that on the ultrasound. Okay. So, and I always tell patients, I never like to test things if I don't know what to do about it. So when we see those changes, then we have protocols and programs that we can do to reverse that problem. So for instance, if there's early onset Alzheimer's, we follow the Bredesen protocol, which is really looking for those things in the body and in the brain that negatively affects the brain. And adding factors that really helps the brain. And the most important one that time and time the research proves it, proves it. A lot of work done at at UBC as well is 
It's about 35 to 40 minutes of cardio every day, about 112 steps a minute. So they've actually calculated exactly how fast you have to go. So just a leisurely walk with your small chihuahua won't do it. You have to walk actually pretty fast. You have to be a little short of breath. Okay. Or things like cycling, aerobic exercise. And then you have to feed your brain healthy. Things like your brain is six, at least 65% fat, so healthy omega-3. Get rid of all those processed vegetable oils, even though it sounds healthy. Vegetable oil, canola, sunflower, that, that's really just processed omega-6, not good for your, for your brain. It makes it stiff. Try get people into a mild ketosis. The brain can run either on sugar. Yeah. We've got too much sugar in our diet already. So we might as well cut out a little bit. The brain will find sugar where it needs to. And the brain can run lovely on ketosis. Eight hours of sleep, restorative. And we, a lot of people get the eight hours, but it's terrible. They get almost no REM or no deep sleep. And as you probably discussed, that's when your brain goes through that rinse cycle repeat. That's how the brain cleans itself. So yeah. you need five cycles at night. So if you're only sleeping five hours effectively, you're missing one or two cycles. So get a buildup of plaque and tanks yeah. and all that. So really concentrate on sleep. And of course, stress, absolutely terrible, even pre-COVID and now financial and wars and floods. You sit today, there's, there's at least two major areas in North America were flooded and in personal stress and in everything that's COVID brought. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, a new research, something we sort of suspected, but again, UBC brought out uh, last week about actually finding the COVID virus particles in the brain of people of long COVID. So it's not mm -hmm. just an inflammatory process, it's also this long, almost infectious, post-infectious process, and that risk for, for Alzheimer's. Yeah, and then of course, targeted medications, targeted nutraceuticals as well. Some really interesting things done with lion's mane mushroom to make synapses, lithium orotate, magnesium freonate. It's a magnesium that actually gets into the brain. And whatever people are low in, I, one of the most common things I see is vitamin D12. And of course, living in North America, you, you need to know your vitamin D levels. Mm -hmm. Yes, being in the sun is not always enough because people are dressed up, it's cold, and some people have a genetic propensity not to absorb vitamin D. So they right. have to take some extra. So there's, and, and, and again, I tell people, just measure it. I, you think you might be taking enough, your Costco special or your Kirkland special, but it's best just to measure. And then you, and you know, so. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's the whole Peter Drucker thing, right? What gets measured gets managed, right? But if we don't measure it, then then how do we know? And I totally agree with that. Like totally agree with that, but some people are maybe more attuned and I want, I'd love be curious about your insight into this for somebody that it may be a great example would be NeuroCatch, which I'm, you and I are both fans of, right. And yeah, we did some scans on me too. That it's been wonderful watching that technology kind of grow and move and we'll have it in the show notes. But the idea behind that is understanding how is your brain today? How is it going today? Trying to get a more objective measure that we can easily access or more easily access, which is wonderful. And, and this is happening now. And it's not just a neurocatcher or some other devices out there that are trying to do the same kind of thing. But wouldn't it be great if you could just get an insight as to how your brain is doing today? Like, wouldn't that be great? When you think about the concept of biofeedback or neurobiofeedback, taking a, another in more in that direction, I still play around with this device 
which is a consumer grade thing. Uh, but the idea being, wouldn't it be powerful for us to get a better insight and understanding as to how our brain is actually functioning based on our behavior and how we're able to understand through good objective measurement first, how we might be performing. So what I like to try to do, because I'm so on board with you, <laughs> what I like to try to do is if I'm having to go into a, a big meeting or if I'm having to, I try to, I built it into habit. It's something I just do every day. Start the day, part of the pre-routine, you know, eat your water. Like I'm like you that way, athletic greens, you know, I do my, I do my thing, but that's a big part of it because what I wonder is how accurate am I? Like, where am I at? Am I, am I really, do I think I'm actually not very locked in at all right now? I think, I think alpha, theta, I think, I think I'm a little off. I'm probably at about 50%. My breathing's not quite locked in. Having that insight going into the, the day is extremely powerful. So how do you think about the concept of being able to understand one's own true being based on the measurements? How important is that? And I assume that's part of obviously what you're trying to do is to increase that actual awareness as to where people are at. Yeah, I think I think some people are absolutely locked in, tuned in, and they don't need any devices to tell them that. But that's usually the exception. So I love, I mean, I love devices. I've been playing with the Muse, the Muse 2, the Muse, the Muse S. Yeah. Sleep. Uh, Neurocatch even had at one stage and might still be active the consumer version or you use a muse and then you can get a brain score out of a thousand. I haven't had my coffee today or I haven't had my energy drink or I haven't had my excess. How's my brain doing? And then mm -hmm. do it again. And it takes a few minutes. Very yeah. quick. And I believe it was available only on the app store, mm -hmm. but devices that can capture heart rate variability, I think is really, really helpful. And in actively working with somebody to realize that a low heart rate variability score is not good. And that means chronic stress usually. And then actively working on, but seeing it in real time. So what you mentioned, biofeedback. So big proponent on that. Do some real-time biofeedback. See if you can move the needle. Mm -hmm. More important than checking yourself. Do you feel calmer? Do you feel less tense? What's your blood pressure like? Mm -hmm. Are you a little bit more or less irritable at home? Are you a little bit more or less irritable at work? Do you sleep better? you feel more motivated to access? So I think really, really helpful. I've been big in trying to push neurofeedback to the front. It's been a slow, slow crawl. It's a part of it because the machines used to be about the size of old deep freezers, like chest freezers, and it was hundreds and thousands of dollars. And they all run on very ancient Windows operating systems. Mm -hmm. And nobody wanted to change. I still have systems that runs on Windows 7. They, they can't run on anything higher than well, on Windows 7. And the programmers are, they don't, they've they put so much time and they don't want to upgrade, trying to get them to Mac even or run on the iPad. Mm -hmm. Really? I mean, that's, that's the reality. So they're about 10 years behind. But the devices have got smaller. I've got it now down to side of a mouse and a Bluetooth wireless so it's getting smaller letting cheaper not quite con consumer friendly yeah. but i find programs like alpha theta training which is very very effective for people with problems with sleep people with addictions people with alcohol disorder that kind of thing at mm -hmm. 
few visits and people already start to see their behavior change. And then one of the things we do here at Health Code is we do a stress assessment. Mm-hmm. So the baseline, and we hook people up to all kinds of monitors measuring your, are you breathing from your chest or mm-hmm. you're breathing for your diaphragm, so belly, belly breathing. We look at skin conductance. We look at temperature. Look at heart rate, heart rate variability, blood pressure, EEG as well. And then once we do the assessment, it just takes a minute. Mm-hmm. Then you do a stress for most people. <laughs> counting backwards is super stressful. Mm-hmm. Or some people just thinking of a stressful event. Right. And then we measure again in real time. Yeah. And we, we get people to tune in and say, okay, how did you feel? So getting back to that behavior. And then doing a follow-up and see, and then trying to figure out, okay, what, what moves the needle? For some people, it might be meditation. Right. Some people might be an hypnosis app. For some people, mm-hmm. it might be something like an, a calm or headspace app. It might be prayer or gratitude or worry journal. For some people, it might have to be devices like the Muse or the newer things, things like BrainTap. I don't know if you play yeah. that. Yeah. Audio Vision, Trayman, the Mind the Life products from Edmonton, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. Canadian product, uh, flashing lights and video and audio, fantastic. Cranial electrostimulation, like yeah. it's been around for like 30 years, FDA approved for insomnia, depression, anxiety. And astounded how or, or few people know about it. FDA approved device. Yeah, just for a second there, because you, you covered so much. So for the person that's listening at home and for the professional that is so focused on maybe they're in a either a neuropsychological position within you know the health authority or perhaps they're an allied health professional in community and they say well that's great you know Yen knows so much he has access to all these tools for the person that's out there now maybe you can give them a little bit of hope that this is maybe more accessible than you'd think you know, would you mind just going on that? Because you've taught me a lot over the years too, like about accessibility and same thing with Ryan and, and the whole team. Why don't you kind of elaborate a bit on that for the professional that's out in community right now saying, look, I don't have access to these tools. I can't do this. I think the first one is just knowing there are professionals out there that that do this. And COVID has shown us that we don't have to be restricted localization. Like, for instance, yesterday, I had a discussion with a Grammy-nominated violinist in Nashville who had a stroke. In his 30s, had a stroke, a blood vessel burst, Mm -hmm. like an aneurysm, and he had a basically paralyzed one half of his his brain. And he's been working, trying to rehabilitate, but got stuck. Mm. We are not stuck geolocation-wise anymore. So people can travel. We can do things uh, on the internet. They don't always have to visit in person anymore. For instance, the the, the program that you guys have evolved, mm-hmm. Bears program, fantastic because it can be done over the internet or it can be done over Zoom and people can do homework just with monitoring. So really big proponent of that. I would say try and see who's in your area that specialize it. And if you're interested, come and learn. I am a big component of opening up a brain academy that people come and learn. It's taken me the better part of 25 years. And I've been very fortunate. My family has been supportive and I've worked for companies that be supportive so I can go and get trained. So it's important that that knowledge gets 
processed and, and mm-hmm. distributed, especially in a public health setting like Canada. It's it's important because this stuff is not getting taught in medical schools. Interesting enough, this client I talked about, the violinist, both his parents are doctors, quite mature doctors. Yeah, never talked about food and uh, mm. stimulation, hyperbaric oxygen, sleep. And really, that's the basics that's we taught in medical school. So, so, so that there needs to be a change there. So there are clinics like the Surrey Neuroplasticity Clinic that uh, Ryan Darcy and his group runs that does mm-hmm. amazing stuff with yeah. Pons device. They have the NeuroCatch. They do bears. They do robotics, exoskeletons, you name it. An amazing team that's done some of the original research with Pons as well. Mm-hmm. The, the patients can get, the listeners can get excited. There's a lot of, I would say, just choose one thing and see if it works. And, and especially for stress, which... I don't think there's a single person on this planet that could totally say I'm not, I don't have any stress, especially not in the last two years. No. Maybe you're dealing with stress well, but we're all dealing with stress. And and I, I do have to say not all stress is bad. It, it does help us evolve. I mean, that's what helps us with neuroplasticity. So it's not all bad. It's how we relate to that. So starting with something like a physiological sigh, which the listeners should mm. know, one of the most powerful, absolutely free techniques to learn. So why don't we give that experience right now? Let's do it. Let's let, let let's give that because this is great value and it's so true. But how many of us? This is goes back to exactly what you've been saying. Is some of these things are so incredibly accessible. It just takes the determination to just steal it from Nike. Just do it. Just just go for it. See if it works. Track it for seven days. Build it into a behavior if you can. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I tell people just make a little Excel spreadsheet or your phone just do sleep, energy, mood, motivation, stress. Just, just make something and, and, and do a score out of 10. 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 is great. Zero is terrible. And just see, hey, let's move. So a shout out to uh, Professor Andrew Uberman from Stanford. He's the one that really promotes it and did all mm-hmm. the research and told us about it. So the physiological side is, is a technique that all animals do and humans do it subconsciously. So if you want to try it, the basics is just to take a really deep inhalation, like a, like almost like a deep sniff through your nose. And then when you can't anymore, take another sniff. So it's like a double sniff technique. And then hold it for about 10 to 30 seconds and then breathe out slowly. Best for your nose, but you can breathe through your mouth. And I typically recommend do it twice. Quickly just check in before you do it. Just check do you feel a little bit stressed or not, and then do it twice, and then see how you feel. And I, I, I haven't found anybody, including myself, that doing this twice in a row, and it literally takes a minute, will, yeah. will shift your HRV uh, uh, immediately. So do you want to try it quickly with me? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So we're going to take a deep sniff and then another double mm-hmm. sniff. Okay. okay. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. So no one. And then breathe out. Then we do it one more time. And another sniff. And breathe out. You can imagine you're blowing out your birthday candles in the cake. <laughs> and so for me, that was immediate. I, I could feel my shoulders oh, yeah. relax. And oh, yeah. 
And that could be perfected as YouTube videos. Uh, listen to Andrew Uberman. He's got, he's got videos. Uh, mm. amazing. And they studied in the Stanford lab, especially with code. They say, okay, what works? Is it meditation? Is it prayer? Is it gratitude? Is it these fancy machine VR goggles and physiological sigh, at least to his research, that's the fastest and the quickest way to change. However, other fancy things, big proponent of physics. I, I've always loved chemistry. <laughs> Love chemistry since I was like a... Uh, <laughs> it <boy shows>. <laughs> and I've always, I thought I would be a chemical engineer. And very long story short, that's one of the reasons I became a doctor. Love pharmacology and brain science and all that. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that chemistry really doesn't exist without the physics. You need that form and function of the molecules. So... So things like fire and ice and vibration and gravity and all that sunlight. So Wim Hof has taught us really about ice or or, or cold or so another absolutely free technique, especially if you live in Canada, is have a nice warm shower for two minutes, wash everything needs to be washed, and then just do a cold shower of your feet for for 20 or 30 seconds. Next day, go up a bit higher. Over two weeks, you do your whole body. That is an immediate shift. Most people have such an incredible release of energy. And then once that's sort of out of your system, you get very, very big shifts in behavior. So, And as the research has shown, an increase in immunity, better improvement of your glucose, people lose weight. So again, absolutely free. During COVID, there was a van from Revelstoke. They built in a sauna in the van in the back, basically Mm -hmm. a trailer. So you sit in and then you park it at uh, Spanish banks here in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So you go sit there in a sauna, warm up, and then you run into the ocean because the ocean is freezing. It's Pacific. (laughs) Right. And then you run back. And I mean, that's a great way. And that's the Swedish way of relaxing. So it's a a great way of active relaxing. Of course, infrared sauna is great for detoxing. I I must say, we didn't talk about the the toxin assessment, but everybody now, I mean, you just open up your eyes, you read about plastics. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Organic. Organic is the way to go. And then the other physics I've really been loving is, is laser. Since I was a little kid playing with laser, I mean, who doesn't love lasers? But the, the lasers have now become accessible where we, you can do photobiomodulation of the brain. We know it penetrates the skull, especially if it's near infrared. And there's been really good research showing that that will increase blood flow, stimulates your mitochondria. It helps to clear plaque. And then very recently, there's a small comparative article for people with long COVID, brain fog specifically, that it helps clear that brain fog. And in my own personal experience, because I ordered this device that was designed in England, and I must say about four treatments, so half an hour each, so two treatments, after two hour treatments, two treatments a week for half an hour, people are back to basics, back to normal. So okay. I'm a really big believer in that. And then I, I mentioned the PONS device, which is an electrical device that sits on your tongue. Yeah, stimulation direct to the brainstem or the pons. That's probably one of the most fantastic ways to stimulate neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And then all the bits and pieces of neurofeedback. And I must say, I've been doing neurofeedback for about 15 years and it keeps improving and improving and success rate just gets better and better. 
That's great. I mean, there is a great reason for optimism. What I want to caveat is, you know, Gan is a medical doctor, everybody listening. So, you know, he's not saying everybody should go out and just do all of these things. Obviously, if you have chronic health conditions and you have some concerns, you know, consult your trusted professional health professional before doing them all. Don't go out and do them all at once right now. Listen to what Yan said. Do what works for you, but also do it safely. And Yan is a specialist in this work. He's an expert in this work. And he's constantly iterating to try to find solutions that may provide more options for more people. And that's something that over the years, I mean, we've known each other a long time, that really inspired me about Yan and his work is he's constantly on that quest to try to find more options to help more people and really to help to make that a little bit more accessible. However, that's a hard road Yan's chosen, right? I mean, it's not easy what he's doing. And, you know, I feel it, it to some extent as well as some of the work that we've been doing, trying to really improve the overall standard of care and accessibility. And maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the frustrations that you have on that quest too, just so we can understand what keeps you going <laughs> and what the problem is that you're still trying to work towards addressing. Yeah, I think the the basic understanding that, when there's a scientific breakthrough, it takes anywhere from 12, it's a new number, to 18 years. It used to be 30 years, but it takes about 12 to 18 years to see that breakthrough come through in your doctor's office. Yeah. So you would read about the latest and greatest in the Vancouver Sun or the New York Post or wherever online and say, oh, I'm going to be able to go to my doctor next week. Is like, no, uh, it, it has to go through all the channels. And it has to because safety. Yeah, of course. And after show that's a certificate, it is for, I would say, for every 10 products out there, there's probably only one valid product. And it's even worse so for pharmaceuticals. We've, we've seen a lot of optimism, say, for Alzheimer's drug. Mm-hmm. This past week, again, is optimism. But then it fails when it gets, and, and either fails because it's too expensive or it fails because it misses the market, or it's not covered in a country. There's sometimes there are uh, medications available in the US that we don't see in Canada for years. That's the first sort of obstacle. The second one is, I think, not being open-minded enough that there are other things to try. Certainly have had patients, family, <laughs> friends over the years, like, that's too hard. Yeah. Just give me a pull. Just give me a poll. And yeah. it's not that easy. Polls have side effects. Polls cost money. And like I say, I love chemistry. I love pharmacology. I love the substrate work and the receptors and, and how the body works things out. But it should really be a program. I mean, life is a program. It's not a poll. So. Oh, yeah. And like, there's a lot there. And that, that's something that Please, 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 for people that are listening, you know, full disclosure, yeah, and is a friend, right, of mine, because I respect the work he's doing. But also, you know, he's somebody who thinks a little bit differently. But we all have the opportunity to do that, to challenge the way we're looking at something and then say, okay, what's a slightly different perspective of that? Because that's part of what I really like about you, because you have a different perspective than I do. You know, you know me, right? I'm a behavioralist. I, I'm, I'm into how do we harness behavioral tools to improve overall function and quality of life. What can we do to exhaust that potential for the person given where they're at? Because every person in some way or another is really an N of one. And that's the other thing for the researchers out there. What that means is you got to compare yourself to yourself. And that's, you know, Strava, who we all know that that great kind of habit tracking uh, kind of lifestyle application, their slogan 
is beat yesterday, right? And that's really what the N of one really means when we think about it functionally and day to day. So when Yan kind of talks scientifically, which he's done a very good job generalizing that for all of us to digest, that's what we're talking about here is how do we find a way to better our quality of life through assistive and, and functional technology that is actually quite accessible, very accessible. He just showed us one way. And I love what Andrew Huberman is doing too. I think it's wonderful because it's accessible. But, you know, I, I think something that I want more people to understand is that opportunities are here always. Like during COVID, we saw a couple of different things. We saw some people that I talked to saying, you know, I walked every day and I hadn't done that in a long time. And that was actually, it was extremely stressful. And as we know, right, uh, with the chemistry, you know, that there's releases of things like cortisol that can make it very hard for the brain. But to combat a little bit of that, because it's not that that's necessarily going to go away, especially in the earlier stages, we can combat that a little bit by increasing cerebral blood flow, by get, getting a good release of that of proper earned, I like to say this, yeah, maybe you'll like this, earned dopamine, <laughs> earned, and we could do that on another episode because I think that's a really important topic. But, you know, please, please, if, if what Yan is saying here to you is resonating, I just want to see you download it and share it because a lot of people need to hear this sort of a message now. And thank goodness there's other people doing great work in sharing this narrative, like Andrew Huberman, who's basically giving neuroscience courses for free to everybody, anyone that wants to listen. It's wonderful. But, you know, that's only scratching the surface. And especially locally here in Vancouver, Yan, you know, I want to see us get more people aware, They're just mm -hmm. more, more aware that there's options. What you choose to do with the options, that's totally up to you. But more aware is good. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. So, so one pearl that I have learned that I want to share with you and your listeners is this amazing breakthrough. And we've all sort of, again, we've sort of known it, but now the science is caught up. Is, is this whole thing about dual tasking? Mm, yeah. So, if you're going to go out for a walk, why don't you do some math? And so something that I've learned is like, just look at the, the number plates, just add in the numbers. You know, you can multiply, just do something. Count the trees if you walk in the forest. Yeah. Do something. Of course, don't do it so much that you stumble and break something. <laughs> Some of the old tasking. We, we've seen that with the PONS device. You do balance training while the PONS device is on. It was something that you're doing more and more of is having a PONS device and then doing bears training or doing some yeah. other neuroplasticity or brain stimulation. There's things like, and again, this is not quite in the Canadian hemisphere yet, but VR, unbelievably yeah. for one thing, of course, that that really harms neuroplasticity is, is pain. So wearing, say, chronic pain or burning pain or neuropathy, you can have VR goggles that makes you immerse yourself into, say, Alaska. So everything is, mm. so if you've got a burning pain, it cools down. It works. They even use that in uh, pre-anesthesia now. Probably. Interesting. So that whole thing of dual tasking, we do two things at once. And I always always say, because uh, I'm a big fan of sauna as well, as like, don't just sit in a sauna passively. Listen to podcasts. Read. Listen to music. Or have a nap. Or meditate. Or get a big enough sauna. You can do some stretching. Or like... Don't just sit there passively. Do do something extra so that because the brain loves stimulation. Another big thing which people can do, and really we need to 
this is really sort of eye-opening is, is hearing. Protect your hearing. It's, a, it's one of your most important inputs into your brain. And we've messed it up with loud noises and rock concerts and EDM. Yeah. Protect your hearing. And if you do suspect, make sure you make an appointment. And it's a free hearing consult here, and and uh, at least in, in yeah. Colombia, yeah, you get a free consult. Just get your hearing checked. And if there's smoke, there might be some fire. You might want to try out. They've that shown that that's an easy way to stimulate the brain. Now that's obviously a little more costly. Although there are, I know there's inroads made in the U.S. now to to bring that the at least the. The, the pricing down to more realistic. It's great. No, I, I think that I think that there's a lot there. And I think as we kind of move towards the the end here, I want to ask you, and this could be a hard question for you, Dan. <laughs> so in a sentence, in one sentence, what frustrates you about the world of brain health? Or what makes you mad even if that's the, you know, the way it makes you feel? Yeah, I think the, the the first sentence would just be we our brain health is still stuck in the 20th century. Like we really need to bring it into the 21st century. Doing things, bringing machine learning, AI, bringing in volumetric studies, bringing in more robotics. It's it's out there, and it's um, sadly it's been there for more than a decade, if not two decades. And it's not always money. It's mm-hmm. not always the accessibility. Sometimes it's just lack of of knowledge. So. Yeah, I think yeah. just bringing yeah. in, bringing brain health into the 21st century. It is enough there, and the research is there, and it might not just be yeah. in Canada. The research it might be in Germany or in yeah Austria or France or or Britain or Australia. So. Well, you got to keep keep learning and keep moving forward, and you know that's something that I I'm very cognizant of and reminded of when. I had the privilege of attending one of kind of the, the Harvard neuroscience research groups. The, for one of the first times they brought that neuroscience and education together. And it was really interesting. It was in, I think, Fort Worth, Texas. And when we were there, Howard Gardner was one of the first speakers, right? And, you know, he's got chops, academic chops, as they might say. And there's many kind of young PhDs, postdocs there, you know, just what's the great Howard Gardner going to say next, right? And we, I remember one of my mentors who, you know, Howard Eaton was there with me. And, you know, we're in the elevator and Howard kind of bumps me because he went, he spent time in Boston too. And he kind of, he did his master's there and he kind of said, and I'm like, that's Howard Gardner? Like I, like I had it built up differently in my head and he gets up there as I recall it and he kind of tips the mic and kind of says, and all these young PhDs, they based a lot of their research under his research of multiple intelligences, right? You know, it's really interesting and NEQ and that sort of stuff, which led to Daniel Goldman stuff and all that cool stuff. But it was interesting. He kind of gets up there and he has a mind like yours. And he goes, you know what I think? As I recall it, now it was a while ago, but I'm always curious to test and ask myself this question. What if I was wrong? Place went so quiet. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, and thankfully, as I go through my process and look at my research, so far, I believe most of what I've come up with is on track, which is great. Mm-hmm. But we need to keep moving that ball forward. And that's what I like about what, what he does, that, that what motivates you is to try to find ways to not have this great research that done sit on a shelf, you mm-hmm. know, like, like if it's there and it's applicable. And that's something that I really like about Ryan, too. Like he's, he's saying, okay, let's, let's bring this into practice. We're not saying we have all the answers yet. We, we, we never said that, you know, and sometimes, you know, other agencies might say that others have said that, 
that's a, again a different episode but you know that's the anatomy of resistance that's out there in any kind of change that's why it takes you know you know 12 15 17 years depending on what it is to get it into practice but a question is what do you do in the meantime right mm-hmm. so the, i i share that and i completely understand that now what if one or two kind of really inspirational either pieces of literature maybe it's a person a mentor that helped to inspire you in this work yeah i think the two biggest i would say is everybody that has a brain that's listening should be at the very least read either one or both of dr norman deutsch's books Unbelievable. I mean, that's really what empowered me in Canada and really opened my eyes, especially pushed me into the brain research. And in the powerful work of Dr. Dale Bredesen out of the Buck Institute and UCLA about early detection, prevention, and reversal of Alzheimer's scares the heck out of me because one current research is that one in two women at the age of 85 will have Alzheimer's. I have three daughters, wife, mother-in-law, a mom, two sisters. And I hope they they get to 85 or older. It scares me. And we do see it. And this is before COVID. We know it is a big jump. So definitely follow Dr. Bredesen's work. Definitely follow uh, Dr. Deutsch's work. I've been pushing him we need that third book on the trilogy. So I don't know if he's hard at work or lectures. He's a great man. Yeah, he's, he's a great man. Very, I've had the privilege to spend time with him. And I think he's wonderful because he really took this neuroplasticity and made it generalizable and, and more accessible through stories of great people. And as you know, he he kind of interviewed my mentor on a lot of this work, Barbara Aerosmith Young. So yeah, we share that. And what are kind of, so people are out there you know, you're a humble guy, but people are out there, you're doing a lot in this work, in this space. And then, you know, I've been to your office, I see what you're doing. If people are out there a little bit of what you're doing, I know you're doing way more than I saw, but how do people get a hold of you? Like if they want to learn more, maybe they're they're looking for clinical services, that sort of thing. How do people get a hold of you? I think that the, the easiest would be to send us an email at info at healthcode.ca. And then okay. one of our assistants will be, we'll just start face and see if our program would be, a yeah. fit. I think that would be the easiest info at healthco.ca. And for the listeners, you know, again, what gets measured gets done. So that's kind of where it all starts with the end of the team, you know, and I know this from a few different lenses. It's important that if, if you're curious about this, if you're wanting to learn a little bit more, I encourage you to look that up. It's a specialized group of really highly trained professionals over there. So, yeah, and I want to thank you so much for your time today. I know you're busy, man. And, you know, I think you gave some very tangible, accessible approaches to brain health that I I think, you know, I hope everybody tries. And please invest in yourself, invest in your brain, man, because you only got one of them. And Yan gave a lot of really good tools. All the links, of course, you just have to click down. They'll be in the show notes. And we'll be in touch. You and I are you know, we're talking all the time. So uh, I feel grateful to have you, you know, doing the work that you're doing for so many people in need. Thank you so much, Mark. Really enjoyed talking to you and hope your listeners will find one good piece of advice and yeah, protect your brain. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Brain Mastery Podcast. We're super grateful for the community of supporters of this podcast. Again, this 
podcast was designed with an intention and an objective, and that was to share stories of rehabilitation, of recovery from brain injury, to really interview some of the leaders out there to provide more hope to community members. So thank you again for all of the support with that. If this episode resonated for you and had value for you, we just ask, please download and share it. Please also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the podcast. Those ratings really matter and help us to spread the message. If you're a clinical provider out there, meaning a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, or somebody who just works with people with brain injury and want to learn more about the Bears platform, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Just go to www.abiwellness.com to learn more about how to get involved. Uh, Training is very accessible and we've tried to make it very, very easy for people to get access to this neural rehabilitation platform. Thank you again for your support and we'll see you on the next episode. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.